I was telling somebody, I said, if, 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 even me being a 50-year-old man, uh, if my mom could still hide eggs from me and put quarters in it, she'd do it. Oh, okay. I thought that was, I thought that was funny, but yeah, that's, thank you. I really appreciate the crowd over here to the right. Uh, yeah, she would do it just because, uh, because my mom still sees me as five you know, and not 50, but that's the way we do with our kids, right? Hey, uh, like I said, thank you so much for being here. Hope you had a great Easter. Hope you had a great Easter week. Uh, All you kids get to go back to school tomorrow. Yeah, all you students, I shouldn't say kids, students. All right, I'm sorry. All you students get to go back to school tomorrow. And I know you're ready to throw stuff at me because you don't want to, but you're almost out, right? The end of May, right? The students get out the end of May and the parents are going, (laughs) yeah, they get out. Um, Hey, uh, go ahead and take out your phones, and if you could turn those either off or silent, we'd appreciate that. Just want to give you a great celebration. Last week for our Easter services, both services combined, we had 324 people last week. Yeah, praise God. And 70 of those, 70 of, uh, of those were kids. We had 70 kids last week, and so Miss Anna and her team did a great job loving those kids one step closer to Jesus. That is our uh, mission statement, and so uh, we just want to say thank you. Thank you uh, for those of you who are here, those of you who brought your family with you, uh, and uh, they got to check out New Life Patterson maybe for the first time. Uh, That was a great, exciting thing to be able to see them. Um, Also, just wanted to uh, let you know that... uh, that uh, there, uh, our activities are back on this week. So last week we canceled everything just because it was uh, spring break, but this week everything is back on. So student ministries back on, our high school meets on Tuesday nights, our middle school, junior high meets on Wednesday nights uh, beginning at six o'clock. So I uh, just wanted to put that back on your radar. And also our men's Bible study is picking back up again this Tuesday morning, beginning at 6.30 in the morning, uh, a.m. right over here. And beginning this Tuesday, we have a women's Bible study that's beginning as well. And that starts this Tuesday at 9.30. And I know it's not the best uh, optimal time. We're, we're, trying, we're just trying to get something off the ground. We're going to have some more Bible studies to come soon. But our women's Bible study is going to be right here, 9.30, Tuesday morning for the very first one. And so if you want any more information about that, Miss Lisa was here first service, but uh, Miss Roxanne, where are you at? Miss Roxanne's here second service. So uh, go see Roxanne immediately following the service. Any of you ladies that have questions about that, but they're going to meet right here at 9.30 beginning on Tuesday, right? Did I get that right? Awesome. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, two for two, two and oh right now. Um, also, uh, like I said, if you could turn your phones to either off or, or, or silent, that'd be great. But go ahead and open up the app because that's where you will find the message notes for today. And we also have a texting service, those of you that may be new. Uh, first of all, if you are a guest with us this morning, this is your first time here, then we have a free gift for you. Before you leave, as you head out those double doors, you'll see a bookshelf on your left, and there's some coffee mugs there with our logo on it, the N. That is our gift to you for being a guest with us here. So please make sure you grab one of those uh, before you leave. And if you're here for the first time and you do not have a home church, then we want to say to you, welcome home. All right. Um, uh, also, uh, let's see, I'm going to make sure I get all this, all these, uh, oh, our texting inf- information. Uh, 30500. That is our texting number here for uh, New Life. And so if you have any prayer needs that you would love for us to be praying with you, uh, you could just text the word prayers to that number. You can also text the word P update, P dash update to keep up with what's happening. We send out a lot of text messages throughout the week. And so if you are on that texting list, you'll stay up to date with what's happening around here. And then team, 
If you ever want to join one of our volunteer teams, we're always looking to add to our teams. You can just text the word team to that number and we can get you hooked up. You'll get a, you'll get a confirmation back from Pastor Tito and he will connect you. Uh, and the last thing, next, this is the last week to sign up for child dedications. So if you have a child, if you have a baby or a child that you would like to see dedicated, uh, just if you're unfamiliar with how we dedicate children, it's nothing weird. You know, we don't hold them up like the Lion King and, oh, hey, oh, my, you know, nothing weird like that. All we do is just pray over them. We bless you and we bless your, chil- your, your child that you want to dedicate uh, before the Lord. And so we have, I think, four uh, kids so far. But if you have never dedicated your children to the Lord and you want to do that, then you can do that. Just go to the app, go to the Patterson side of the app or the website, and then find the link for child dedications and then fill out that form. And then that'll come to us and then we can be ready for next Sunday because child dedications is next Sunday, but the cutoff for signing your child up is Thursday. Okay. So I just wanted to let everybody know about that, that they will be closing the link on Thursday. So if you miss it by Thursday, because you're wondering if family are going to be able to come in for that, because it is a special occasion, then just reach out to myself or Pastor Tito or Miss Anna, and we will get you signed up. Okay. Even if it's past Thursday, but Thursday helps us kind of come up with uh, the, the certificates that we make up for the child being dedicated and all that. So that's just a a lot of things that we have coming up here in the campus. I love being a busy campus. Uh, This week, this Saturday is Love Patterson. So if you haven't signed up for a project yet, it's not too late to do that. It's Love Our City. So it's going to be Love Tracy, Love Turlock, Love Modesto, Love Patterson. This is the first one we've done in several years. Uh, So anyway, we just want to make sure that that we jump on board. We're not doing anything as a church. This is individual. So lovepatterson.com is the website. There's 13 different projects that you can sign up for. And it's just a few hours of your day, but it's going to be a lot of churches and a lot of uh, community organizations that's getting together uh, to make sure that a lot of those projects happen. So that is this coming Saturday on the 30th. All right. Okay. Second Corinthians chapter five, if you have your Bibles with you, uh, if you have your digital Bible, you can just look it up on your U version app, Bible.com. If you have your physical Bibles, you can turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We are going to be in verses 18 through 20. Now, one of the things I, I messed up this week, uh, normally I, I, I always put my message on my iPad, but I, I have to, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I have a little trouble seeing, which is why I, I wear it, because I, now I, you all look great. Wait a minute. Okay, now there's the true you. Okay, so... Um, uh, but I usually blow my, I put my font on, uh, on 16, 16 font, but I forgot to do that. So if you see me really looking down at my, at my, at my notes this morning, it's because I forgot to blow it up uh, and I'm still a smaller font. But we're wrapping up our series today about Jesus went. Have you guys enjoyed this series that we've been in, Jesus went? Now next week, you don't want to miss uh, the next series that we're going to be in called Messy Christianity. Messy Christianity, because sometimes, if you know, if you've been following Jesus long enough, sometimes it's messy, all right? All you have to do is just read Scripture. You can find a lot of the the followers of Jesus, they had a messy time following Jesus. And so we're going to be doing a long series going into the summer. Before we get to the summer, then we have a separate uh, summer series. But we've got this next one that we're beginning next week called Messy Christianity. And also, um, so next week is child dedications, but then the week after is Mother's Day. So all you mothers can guilt your families into coming to church with you on that day. And then, uh, and then, yeah, so we'll be in this series called Messy Christianity. Uh, but today we're wrapping up Jesus Went. And it's been a really great series 
to look at the different places that Jesus went to, to see some of the different people he interacted with, and to really ask the question, why? Why did Jesus go to these places? Why did he interact with some of these individuals? And what can we learn from this? How can I apply the places and the people that Jesus went to, how can I apply that to my life? So to give you a real quick recap, those of you that may be new and you, didn't, uh, you haven't caught up on some of the other uh, messages, you can always go back and archive those on our YouTube channel or on our, on our um, website as well. We talked about some of the places that Jesus went to. He went to a desert and he went to, the, he went to a wedding. He was intentional about going to the outsider. He went to what we call the table of grace and he sent out invitations for us to join him at that table. It was powerful to learn that Jesus went to a storm and then it's comforting to know that he goes with us in our storms. He may not eliminate the storm, but he's there with us as we go through the storm. And then last week we celebrated as Jesus went to the cross and how he was raised from the dead, how that tomb is empty because he went to the cross. This single event changed everything for us. It was this one ultimate act of love that Jesus washed us clean and reconciled us back to the Father once and for all. But the exciting thing is the story doesn't end there. The story doesn't end with the cross. The story doesn't end with the empty tomb. The story continues. Jesus rose from that grave, and when he did, he gave you and I one final commandment. He gave us one final command before he left earth and ascended back to heaven. Jesus told us to go, to go and be his ambassador to the ends of the earth is what we now call the great commission. Acts 1 Luke tells us this, that he says that Jesus said this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So today I want to dive into this message, this last message of this series and see how Jesus went to the world and he's commanding us to do the same. So our key verse 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 18 through 20 says this. And I want to really, I want to take my time going through this because every phrase of this scripture is so rich and it's so good. And it's speaking directly to us this morning. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. Okay, that's the whole reconciliation, redemption part of the story. He brought us back to himself through his son, Jesus. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Okay, everybody with me? For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. What message? That Christ died for our sins. And he rose from the grave, and now we are reconciled back to the Father because we messed this thing up. We live in a very broken world, a very sin-filled world, and it's our fault that we did that. We broke this relationship off between us and the Father. So Jesus came and died on the cross and rose from the grave so that we can be reconciled back into a right relationship with the Father. That's the wonderful message that we are being responsible for now. So we are Christ's 
ambassadors. That's the word I want to focus on today a lot, ambassador. God is making his appeal through us. What appeal? We speak for Christ when we plead, quote, come back to God. So when we are encouraging our friends and our family and our neighbors and our coworkers and everybody to surrender their life to Jesus in a way that's not, you know, we're not shoving it down their throat, but we're, we're being a, a, an example. We're talking about Jesus. We're talking about the hope and the life and the peace and the, and, and, and the forgiveness and the grace that only Jesus can offer. That is God speaking through us. We speak for Jesus when we plead, come back to God. That's what I want to focus on today. Bow your heads. Father, thank you so much for your word. Lord, it is so rich. It's so nourishing for our souls. And so, Father, I pray that you'll speak your words to your servant, to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me ask you, have you ever been an ambassador before? Have you ever been an ambassador? Let me give you the definition of ambassador. An ambassador is a respected official that's acting as a representative of a nation that is usually sent to a foreign land. Okay, that's the definition. But in a more common used definition that, we, that we're going to use today, and it's actually used throughout our society and our culture today, an ambassador is someone who reflects the official position of the one who gave them that authority to be that representative. All right, let me, let me read that again. An ambassador is someone who reflects the official position of the one who gave them that authority to be that representative. So you might be an ambassador of the company that you work for, or maybe you're the ambassador of the organization that you belong to. So let me tell you a story about back in the mid-90s. Uh, I worked for Pepsi, Pepsi-Cola in Tennessee. I was a, a district supervisor for them. And I remember coming into work one day, and uh, my, my territory was in McMinnville, Tennessee, kind of going, going towards Nashville. But instead, they said, Jeremy, we need you to go down to Pikeville. I'm like, Pikeville, come on. It was like, uh, it was like um, a Nazareth. Does anything good come from Nazareth? Does anything good come from Pikeville? You know? But there's a save mart down there that we had, that we are having, we're having some serious issues with the store manager, the owner of the save mart. And I don't know that this is his real name. Okay, this is Tennessee. We make up names for people. But his name was Snuffy. Snuffy Smith, all right, is what, is what we called him. Uh, or is that, that's what he called himself. So I said, okay, what happened? Well, Snuffy found out that we're not giving him the same deal that we give Walmart. I'm like, okay, well, why aren't we doing that, number one? But I understand the why behind it because of numbers and things like that. So he said he found out what we give Walmart, and he kicked us out. He said, get your stuff, get out of here. Take all your drinks, get out of here. I'm exclusive Coke from now on. I hate Pepsi. Get out of here. So I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? We want you to go fix it. I'm like, well, I don't know the guy. That's not my territory. And they said, no, but you're relational. Go down there and just kind of chew it up with the guy a little bit and see if you can get us back in. I said, okay. So I get down there early because I'm thinking, okay, uh, Pikeville was a very heavy high school sports town. So maybe he's got kids that play sports or whatever. Find out, come to find out he had two daughters that played uh, high school softball and they had just won the night before and one of his girls hit a home run the night before. So I'm looking at all this in the paper. I'm like, okay, I'm building up something to actually have a relationship with Snuffy so we can talk about something that, that, that's kind of friendly fire. So I'm all ready. I'm psyched up. I'm ready to do this. I'm young. I'm, I'm like 23 years old. So I pull up into the parking lot. I'm in the Pepsi van. I get out. I look. Here comes Snuffy marching out of the store, madder than a hornet, 
calling me every name in the book. Get back in your blanking van. Get out of here. Da, da, da. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't even know this guy. I don't, I don't have a relationship with him. I don't know. I know a little bit about what we did to kind of you know, mess him over. But I'm like, that wasn't me. So I get out. He's making a scene in front of the whole uh, entire parking lot. And I finally walk up to him and I've got my hands up and I said, Snuffy, calm down, calm down. Look, I don't know what they did to you, but that wasn't me. I didn't do this. And what he did next is something that we still talk about in my family 28 years later. He walked up to me and he put his finger on my chest and he read it and said, Pepsi, you're Pepsi. You represent Pepsi. You didn't do it to me, but your company did. So you represent them. That was like one of the biggest revelations I'd ever heard. And still to this day, 28 years later, if our kids do something and they say, well, I didn't do it. I say, no, you're Pepsi. You did it. It wasn't you, but I said, hey, when mom and I come home, we want the house clean. So don't be putting the blame on everybody else. You represent all of you. You represent all four of your children, uh, of, of our children. So I was a representative and ambassador of Pepsi. And I remember, so right now we're actually having conversations with Lowe's right now. Love Lowe's. I'm not saying anything about, about Lowe's. Back in December, a guy came out and measured for a back door. We're thinking about putting up a, a, um, a security door. And so he came out, he did all the measurements and everything. This is the one you need. So he took, takes it back, submits the measurements to Lowe's. And then Lowe's said, hey, just so you know, there's a, there's a, a steel shortage. I'm like, yeah, I'm aware of that, trying to renovate this building. I knew of all the shortages. There's a steel shortage. You might not get this until March. I'm like, hey, it's okay. I understand. Not your fault. We'll, we'll deal with that, you know, when it comes in. So the door comes in in March. We're so, so excited. It's going to come in. Doesn't fit. Wrong dimensions. They measured wrong. No, he didn't measure wrong. They submitted the wrong measurements. So Jan and I went down there. We were calm. We were nice, you know, because we're ambassadors of Jesus, Right. So I went down there and said, hey, look, whose fault is this? Well, it's not my fault. I didn't submit. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whose fault is it? And he said, well, it's not Larson's fault because they just made the door that we I said, who? That who submitted? We submitted. I said, right. He said, but Mr. Moore, I wasn't the one that turned in those measurements. I said, no, you're Pepsi. He's like, I'm Pepsi? I'm like, yeah. See on your shirt? And so I read it. It said Lowe's, of course. I said, you're Lowe's. You are an ambassador and you represent Lowe's. So it wasn't one person. Your company, your organization messed this up. So whoever we work for, we are representing that company. We are representing this organization. We are ambassadors of the organization that we say that we work for. Whether we want to or not, some occupations require us to be their representative or their ambassador, whether we're on the clock or not right? I may not be preaching a message when I'm in Walmart on Tuesday night, but I'm still representing New Life Patterson if I'm there. You may not be teaching a classroom of fourth graders on a Friday night when you've had one too many at Almondwood, but if you end up in the paper or on the news, you may not have a job Monday morning because we are an ambassador or a representative of who we work for, whether we're on the clock or not. When you're an ambassador for something or someone, you are agreeing to take on their mission statement. Jesus is telling us that when we make the decision to follow him, when we declare that he is in charge of our lives, we are committed to saying that we're going to live our lives that follow him to the best of our abilities. Are we going to be perfect? Absolutely not. Are we going to mess up? Yes, a lot. Are we going to say the wrong things and do the wrong things? Yes. But Jesus 
said that we are still his ambassadors. So this is what I really want to focus on today. I want us all to really sit on this notion that we are representing Jesus no matter where we go, no matter what we do. We are an ambassador for Jesus. Think about that for a second. That's heavy. That's a crazy thought. Sometimes it's a terrifying thought. It's terrifying to know, to know that we are representing Jesus and the kingdom of God. And we think, man, that's, a, that's too heavy of a burden to carry, Jeremy. It's kind of psyching me out, you know, the, the more I think about it. But what we need to remember that when we are his ambassador, that means that we are not limited to my resources, that God has prepared me, that God has equipped me for his mission. Not for my mission, but for his mission. Our purpose is to tell people with our words who Jesus is and to show them with our actions what it means to live for him. In fact, I'll give you an even more sobering, we've said this before, this is an even more sobering thought. You might be the only, you might be the only model for how someone sees how to follow Jesus. Now that's scary, right? And I'm not saying because I know things about you, you know, that's, that's all I'm saying. I'm just saying that we might be the only sample of heaven that some people will ever see. Some people may be looking at our lives. Some people may be looking at my life. Some people may be looking at your life for how to live the life of a follower of Jesus. Are we representing Jesus well? Are we being the ambassador that he's called us to be? The good news is, is that Jesus never leaves us alone to do this by ourselves. Like I said, he's totally, he's preparing us. He is equipping us and he's with us every step of the way. Look at the Great Commission, Matthew 28, verses 19, 19 and 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Jesus went and now he sends us. So if we're going to be representing Christ, if you and I are going to be representing and being his ambassadors, we need to know exactly what an ambassador is. What are the characteristics of an ambassador? What are some of the qualifications I need to have to say that I am an ambassador of Jesus? Are there any distinct markings that separate the ambassadors from the rest. I believe there's a few. Okay, so this is, this is where we're going to be in, begin taking our notes. So here's your first fill-in for the weekend. Number one, ambassadors have experienced salvation. They've experienced salvation. In other words, ambassadors have, they've committed their life to Jesus. They've asked Jesus to forgive them of their sins, to, ask, to, to, to tell God that they want him to be the Lord and the Savior of their, of their life. And I know as soon as we see that word salvation, we think, man, that's kind of a churchy word, isn't it? The word salvation. You know, churches don't really say saved anymore, but you know what? Jesus did. Jesus said the word saved and uh, it's in scripture. So I think maybe we should talk about it a little bit more because humanity needed to be saved. Saved from what? Well, saved from ourselves, uh, saved from an eternity separated from God. And Jesus came to bring salvation so here's the definition of salvation. The state of being saved or protected from harm or a dire situation. But here's the spiritual definition of salvation. The deliverance of the soul 
from sin and its consequences. You catch that? From sin and the consequences of our sin. So we read in the book of John, Jesus is having a conversation with this guy who asking, who asking him all kinds of great questions about spiritual matters. And he asked him, he, he said, what, 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 is it, what do I have to do to really live a life of Christ? What do I have to do to really be a follower of Jesus? How do I follow you? Is, is, this, is this life of following you even possible? And then Jesus gives this great response in John chapter 3, verse 3. And I'm reading now the Passion Translation. He says this, Listen to this eternal truth. Before a person can even perceive God's kingdom, they must first experience a rebirth. The first and most important characteristic of an ambassador of Jesus is that they have experienced what we called last week the great exchange, salvation. The great exchange. We mentioned, like I said, we talked about this last week. What is the great exchange? It means that because of what Jesus did for us when he went to the cross, God has removed the punishment of our sins and in exchange given us a brand new life. Isn't that great? That exchange is exactly what Jesus was talking about when he said, for God loved the world so much that he sent his one and only son so that whoever believes will be given life and not death. As an ambassador, I need to experience that firsthand. It's difficult for me to tell others about this life-giving Jesus if I haven't experienced him for myself. It's difficult for me to talk, you know, it, when you think about things, you know, that, that maybe you have an experience, you know, about whitewater rafting or going to an amusement park, we can see videos and we can explain it to someone to the best of our ability. But unless we've been there, it's really hard to explain the depth of it, right? The, the true experience that we had at either one of those places. And the same goes with our relationship with Jesus. When you think about the hope that you've experienced, the love that you've experienced, the joy and the peace, and you say, you know what? It doesn't mean that my life is perfect, but at the end of the day, I have something that I didn't have before. And that's something that I feel like I can share with others. I can talk to people about this experience that I've had myself. So salvation is first and foremost in an ambassador's life. You might be sitting here wondering this morning, how do I experience salvation? What does it mean for me? Can I just tell you? You just ask for it. It's that easy. You ask for it. The Bible clearly states that if we confess and believe that we will be saved, all of us can experience this salvation. In fact, Romans, the Apostle Paul said this in chapter 10, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, in other words, say with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There's that word again. You can have that conversation with Jesus anytime. There's no script. There's no ceremony. I know we've often said there's no formula. The only formula is that you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Salvation begins with a conversation with God, saying, God, I believe in you. I trust in you. Forgive me of my sins. I choose to follow you today and you alone. And if you've never had that conversation with God, let me challenge you and encourage you to have that conversation because that conversation changes everything. So the first characteristic of an ambassador is that we have experienced salvation, okay? New life in Jesus. What's the second one? Number two, ambassadors are being transformed in the way they think. 
Ambassadors are being transformed in the way that they think. In the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul talks about the importance of having a transformed mind. Now, that doesn't mean that as soon as you give your life to Jesus, there's no more stinking thinking. That all your thoughts are pure and all your thoughts are great. No, you're still going to have this battle that you go through every single day because your mind is being transformed. It's an ongoing transformation. It's not just transformed and done. It's a process. Romans chapter 12, the Apostle Paul says this, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Not the way you act, because acting comes from thinking. By changing the way you think. That's an incredible statement. To let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Have you ever thought about the power that the mind has over the way that you live and the way that you move through life? It's incredibly powerful. Our goal is to think the way Jesus thinks. And that's a lot easier said than done, right? Because Jesus was always thinking of others. We have the tendency to think about me. Not, not me, but you know, everybody here thinking about me. But we always think about us, right? We're, we're so selfish. All of us are. We're, we're always thinking about ourselves. What's best for me? What's best for, for, uh, for me physically? What's best for me mentally? What's best for me emotionally? And all those things are critically important, okay? I agree with those. But when we only think of ourselves, remember we read Scripture that's, uh, from the Apostle Paul that says, don't think of only yourselves. You're not that important. <laughs> we should always be thinking of others. Jesus always thought of others. Now think about all of the, the volunteers that we have here at the campus. I love all of our volunteers. They get her early. We have ushers and greeters and people that do starting point. We have people that get her super early on Sundays. They make coffee. That's not done by us. That's done by volunteers. We have people that kind of manage the cafe, our, our kids' volunteers that, who, who look and prepare the lessons for our kids uh, throughout the week and so that they come here on Sundays and they're ready to go. We have a, a prayer team that we're, that we're starting uh, just today. We have a tech team back there that, that works on our, that, that does the computers and stuff during our, 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 our singing and our message. We have so many volunteers that make things happen here. And I love it because I know that they understand that when they are serving others, they are serving Jesus they're putting others first. When it comes to thinking the way Christ thinks, it's putting others first. The Bible often speaks about the power of our mind and our thoughts. There's this connection between the way that we think and the transformation that's happening in our lives. Don't gloss over this. Our thoughts help shape who we are and who we will become. Show me what you're thinking about and I can show you your future. You know, people, you always say, hey, show me your, your closest three to five friends, friends and I'll show you your, your future. The same goes with the thought life. What you constantly are thinking about governs the direction of your life. Changing the way you think changes your perspective, which changes how you act in the world. Because from the way that we think goes into our heart, and then out of the heart comes out of the mouth. We say things that we don't mean in the moment. It's because it started here and then it embedded itself here and then it came out here. Change your mind is a phrase that was used a lot in the sermons of Jesus. Even though he may have not said, change your mind, but he often said a lot. You have heard it said this, but I tell you this. You've heard it said not to commit adultery, but I say that if you look at a woman with lust in your heart, you're committing adultery in your heart. 
Is you've heard it said not to commit murder, but I say that if you have hate in, in your heart against someone, you've already murdered that person in your heart. Jesus was constantly trying to challenge the way that we were thinking because we were so, at this time, we were so engrossed with the law. And Jesus was saying, no, I'm the new law. I'm the new covenant. I came to die for you. And I want to change the way you think. In the teachings of Jesus, we see that he was encouraging and challenging us in the, way, in the things that we think about. Challenge people to change their thinking because without a renewed mind, real change doesn't take place. So that's the second characteristic of an ambassador, okay? In changing, uh, we're being transformed in the way that we think. A third characteristic, ambassadors pursue pure, a pure heart. Ambassadors pursue a pure heart. Now, during the famous Sermon on the Mount, uh, message that we've, that we've read about multiple times. If you ever want to read the entire sermon, it's in the book of Matthew chapter five, but we're going to focus on verse eight here. It says, blessed are the pure in heart. Notice it doesn't say blessed is the pure heart. Blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. So what did he mean by pure in heart? Because when we hear that, I, th I think we automatically assume that Jesus is talking about living this life without sin. That once we surrender our life to Jesus, boom, we got pure hearts. We never think about anything bad. We have this purity of heart. We never live, the, we live this life of, of, of being sinless now. But being pure in heart doesn't mean that I'm perfect. It doesn't mean that I live this flawless life. That's not the target. At least I certainly hope not because I think we all in this room would be disqualified, right? So if perfection is not what we're striving for to be pure in heart, then what's the mark? What is Jesus talking about in verse 8? What he's talking about is the spiritual center of our life. The spiritual center of our life. He's talking about the core of who we are. Those core thoughts, those core uh, desires, the, the core sense of purpose and the core will, the core understanding, the core character who we really are on the inside. Not just what we, not just the highlight reels that we put on social media, right? But the core of who we really are. Being pure in heart means that all of those core aspects of our life are reflecting Jesus. We want what he wants. We desire what he desires. We want our will to be his will. We want our purpose to be his purpose. And we want our character to look like his character. At least that's the goal. Being pure in heart involves having a singleness of heart towards God. Now, that doesn't mean that we put our spouse aside or our children aside, our parents aside. That's not what, what, what God's talking about here. He's saying, I want a singleness of your heart that just draws close to mine. That in your thoughts and in your deeds and your actions, everything is with this intent to get closer and closer to me. The singleness of heart towards God. Because a pure heart has no hidden motives. A pure heart is marked by a desire to please God in everything we do. From the time we wake up to the time we go to bed. Now, I'm not saying just walk around in this prayer, you know, uh, um, trance. You know, what I'm saying is everything that we do, we are an ambassador. We are a representative of who Jesus is. And to pursue a pure heart in everything we do will keep us in that close relationship with Jesus. Because listen to this. Having a pure heart, it's more than external purity of behavior. It is an internal purity of the soul. 
It's more than external purity of behavior. It's an internal purity of soul. So how does it work? You see, Jeremy, how do I do this? How do I consistently have a transform, transforming mind? And also, how do I seek and how do I pursue to have a pure heart? It's like this. We come to God broken with all of our junk and all of our stuff exactly how we are. As we say and celebrate recovery on Monday nights at the Turlock campus, we come with all of our hurts, with all of our habits, with all of our hangups. We see ourselves for who we truly are. We're honest with ourselves, not justifying anything. And like King David, we ask the Lord to change our heart. In Psalm 51, verse 10, King David says this, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a loyal spirit within me. What would happen? What would happen in our lives if every morning we woke up and said, Today, Today, Lord, I want you to create in me a clean heart. I want to start this day, April 24th, 2022, with a pure and clean heart, Father. So if there's anything in my life, take it out right now. Burn it out. I want to start today with a clean heart. What would that do to our conversations? What would that do with our interactions between us and others and between us and God? The only way that we can truly be pure in heart is to give our lives over to Jesus. And just ask him to clean us up. God is the one who makes our hearts pure by the sacrifice of his son and through his ongoing renewing of our lives. So that's the third thing. The third characteristic of being an ambassador of Jesus is that we pursue a pure heart. The last and final characteristic, uh, there's probably many, many more, but this, we, we dwindled it down here to four. Uh, ambassadors answer the call to go. We answer the call to go. Here's the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations unless you don't feel good. Go and make disciples of all nations unless you just really don't feel like it. Go and make disciples. None, none of that's in there, right? I'm just making that up. You guys can say, Jeremy, you're, you're being a heretic now. Don't do that. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, go. I want, to for, I want to focus on that word just for a moment. Go. Because this word is absolutely intentional. We are to go. We are to make disciples. This is our mission and purpose as followers and ambassadors of Jesus Christ, to go and make disciples. What's interesting is that two different people can look at this word go and get two different meanings. One, one way to say that one meaning would be to assume that go has a, some sort of time stamp on it. To go infers that I will go, but I'll also be returning. If I go, I'm going to be coming back, right? My mission will be then be over. I, I, I will have fulfilled my duty. I've done my time. I go, and then I came back. I'm going to go on a mission trip. I will go and feed the needy. I will go and do great things for God. I will go and do this, but then I'm going to come back. I'm going to return. And like we said earlier, over the last several weeks, we dissected many of the examples in Scripture where Jesus was intentional about going to certain places to going and going to certain people. He told his disciples to go to Jerusalem, to go to Judea, to go to Samaria. So it's easy to see that this go means we need to be intentional about leaving where we are and going somewhere else. 
I'm not talking about moving out of Patterson. I'm just talking about going to a different location to be an ambassador for Jesus. And while I absolutely believe that Jesus gives us examples of he and his disciples going, I also believe that he gives beautiful examples of how we are to be ambassadors as we go. You see, that's the difference. There's going to be times where we go, but most of the time, it's going to be as we go. Be an ambassador as you go to work. Be an ambassador as you go talk to your neighbor. Be an ambassador as you sit down with your family members. Be an ambassador as you go, as you go fishing, as you go wherever. Jesus is commanding us as you go. So see, I can also look at this command, go through the filter of as you go and do life. Doesn't necessarily mean you got to go all the way to Africa or South America or China or wherever you think that, wherever we get the opportunity to go and be a mission field. It could be our backyard. It could be our neighbor. But we are going and with the expectation to act and speak and think on his behalf. Always looking to represent him. There's no timestamp on this version of the word go. It is ongoing. So live for Christ as you go throughout your day. And then rinse, wash, and repeat the next day, and the next day, and the next day. I believe that this word go is the Great Commission. And it's referring to both of these meanings. Go to all the world, and as you go, live and move. Remember that you are always on a mission. Ambassadors answer the call to go. So I think about John chapter 20, about we talked about a little bit about this last week. Jesus appearing to the disciples after he had died and risen from the grave. And so all the disciples are scared to death. They're afraid that the Jewish leaders are going to come arrest them and crucify them just like they did Jesus. So they find this room and they lock themselves in. And suddenly Jesus is there with them. He shows them the wounds in his hands, the wounds in his side to prove, hey, it's me. It's Jesus. And I love what he says. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, look at these last five words, so I am sending you with no contingencies, no excuses. As the Father sent me, so I'm sending you. Now go and make disciples. I believe in my heart, I don't know if I, if I really have scripture to prove this, but personally, I believe and maybe it's because of my occupation, but I believe that I'm going to stand before God one day and he's going to say, how did you make disciples? And if we are all commanded, if we are all consider ourselves ambassadors of Jesus, representatives of Jesus Christ, I believe we might all get that same question. How did you make disciples? Because the very last command that my son gave right before he left the earth was to go and make disciples. And it wasn't just to those 12. Because I think a lot of times we can say, oh, that's just the 12 disciples. That was Jesus talking to them. No, we're the them. And Jesus is commanding us to do the same. The Lord is sending us to the world as his ambassadors. The challenge for us that I, wanna, I want us all to wrestle with is, am I being the representative that I should be? Does my speech and my actions and my behavior reflect the life of Jesus? If not, 
what changes do I need to make? What changes do I need to make in my life that represent Jesus Christ? To where I can say I'm a proud disciple and a proud ambassador of Jesus Christ. To where it doesn't say Pepsi here, but it says Jesus. And everywhere I go, I'm an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. I think it's a great question for us all to wrestle with. It's certainly messed with me this week, and I hope it's messing with you now. Will you bow your heads? Thank you, Jesus, for your word this morning. Lord, I understand that just because, just because we turn our lives around, we decide to follow you, we ask for forgiveness, and now you are the Lord of our lives doesn't mean that we are perfect. We are going to mess up a lot. We're going to say the wrong things and do the wrong things. Lord, that's part of the journey. But Father, at the end of the day, we get to say, I am a representative and ambassador of the kingdom of heaven, and I'm a follower of Jesus. So Father, right now, I pray over every single person in this room, Lord, if there's things in our lives, I know that there's things, there's things in my life, Lord, that you are convicting me of this week as I was preparing for this message. Actions and conversations, Lord, that, that, that maybe you might be a little displeased with, Lord, that I, need to, that I need to kind of sure up. So Father, I just pray right now that you're doing the same with everyone in here. If there's areas of our life, there's changes in our life, Lord, that we need to make so that we can proudly be your ambassador, to be your representative. Lord, I pray that you would just show us those things right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you. Thank you for bringing us here. Thank you for the series that we're in about you going, that Jesus went, and that you prepared us to go to those same places, Lord. And Father, as we begin the next series the new series next week, Lord, I pray, God, that you will just speak to our lives. Lord, we know that being a follower of you can be very messy sometimes. I know you've already prepared our hearts. You're preparing our minds, preparing our souls and our spirits, Lord, for what you want us to learn, to take in, so that we can be grown in our relationship with you. Lord, we serve you. We trust you. We surrender ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, thank you so much for being here this morning. Uh, just in case you're wondering, uh, if, you, if you came prepared to give, we have different places you can give. If you're a guest with us this morning, you sit back. This is not, this is not apply to you. We just hope that, that God was able to speak to you in some amazing way. But this is for our people who already call uh, New Life Patterson home. So uh, you know that you can either give at our giving stations or you can give online or through the app. Uh, whichever way you decide to get back to God, we just want to say thank you so much because we cannot do ministry without you. So don't forget all the activities start up this week, student ministries, Bible studies, men's and women's. And also, hey, if you're here and you say, you know what, I've, I'm really struggling with something, Jeremy. I really need some extra prayer. Beginning today, we have a prayer team and they're available right over here. Uh, uh, Carl and, and Yolanda uh, are going to be heading up our prayer team moving forward. So if that's something you think, you know what, I'm there's something, Jeremy, that, that is really deep on the inside of me. I love, love, love praying with people. Then come up and see me. Go, go see Carl and Yolanda and maybe join our prayer team because we're looking to add more people to our prayer team. But if you're here this morning and you think, you know what, I need some extra prayer, Jeremy, then we have a team over there. They're ready to pray with you, okay? Hey, we want you to have a great week. Hope to see you back next Sunday. There's a lot of great things happening here at New Life. We want you to keep coming back next week. Bring someone back with you. Messy Christianity, okay? Love you guys. See you next week.